2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Alright! All right! All right. All right. This, is this is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug
3: Gottlieb. Woo. What up? In the bonus radio. What's up? Um, I don't know if the, the, the numbers match up, but I've gotten several texts. Um, I've gotten several texts with, um, from people telling me they enjoy this. More than the radio show. I think we enjoy doing some of this more than the radio show. Not that we don't love the radio show. It's just a little bit different when you don't have breaks and you don't have to. um, There's no FCC, right? So you can say what you want, which leads me to our topic of discussion, which we'll get to in a moment. Something Stephen A. Smith said. And I want to do a deeper dive because there is actually no wrong answer, Um, but there's a lot of right answers. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. Let me first start with, I think, the story of the day. And it's only a story in that um, we got the potential for something. Uh, when when the Celtics were down three games to none, especially considering how they played in Game 3, that series felt over. They play well in Game 4, come back and get a win. Had talked about, don't let us get one, right? And now they did. And now Gabe Vincent, starting point guard for the Miami Heat, has played really well in the playoffs, especially in the series, is out for tonight's game. And it's like one of those iceberg dead ahead! Now, I don't know if this ship, the Miami Heat, is built like the Titanic. Uh, There's a lot of things that have to go into the favor of the Celtics, and they have to play well. But I mean, we're sitting there thinking, just like I thought the other night, game six could be really, really interesting. Because the Heat, they're okay. They're not great. They're in many ways playing above their level. And now you're without a point guard. I I do think they're better without Tyler Hero. But what happens is the more you play your bench and the more injuries you have, the further elevated guys that are on the bench and on the bench for a reason get to play. And the more they play, the more they kind of get exposed and you get a better feel for how they're used in this new role. I guess my point is that while it's not yet a story, it does feel like, hey, let's keep an eye on uh, it's. Do you guys watch the Weather Channel? Do you know how the Weather Channel will have these um, storms brewing out in the Atlantic? And it's like, this could be a hurricane in a couple of weeks, right? Like, and here's the path that it's tracking. I love that stuff. Some people are like, eh, it always breaks up. It never meant to be. There's a million different tracks, blah, 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 blah. That's what this feels like. That's what this feels like. Um, Can we get to the story? I I, I don't know. The discussion I want to have today. Jay Stu, did you see what Stephen A. Smith said, I believe, on his podcast about wanting to be the best TV talent ever, right? That's what he said. He was Was a guest on
4: the uh, Tamron Hall show. We have it right here.
2: First order of business is perfecting the things that I've already started. My production company. I want to, you know, grow. Everybody talks about stuff like, you know, Spike Lee mm-hmm. and people like that. Yeah, Spike Lee, Tyler Perry, Jerry Bruckheimer guys. So you're like
0: going to be in that audience. I, I,
2: I, I, I want I, my aspiration is to get to that point. I'm going to pursue acting. I finally made a decision to do that. That's something that I want to do because I like portraying other characters and finding myself marrying that character. Yeah. The challenge of it, because I think it makes me better on television. And I'm not satisfied with what I've accomplished on television in the world of sports. Yes, but I plan on taking it a step further. I want to end my career being recognized as arguably the greatest television talent in history. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to accomplish. You can't do it. sitting nighly by sitting around and thinking that's just laudables that are going to be thrown in your direction. You got to put in the work and I intend to do
3: just that. Mm, I'm going to put in the work and you're going to do just that. Now, when he said best TV talent in history, he did not say sports, right? But what ends up happening is because he's gotten his start and had essentially all his success in sports. Remember, there was a time he left ESPN. He tried to do politics on CNN. That did not go well. But different time. We all take chances in our career, and sometimes it doesn't work. Um, and, uh, like, I, I'm not bothered by it. I'm not bothered by it because... I gravitate towards motivated people who, um, even though sometimes things aren't possible or aren't likely, they still want to push through because it's their ultimate goal. So I'm not bothered by it. That doesn't mean I think it's plausible or even possible. It may be more possible than plausible. and, And I'll tell you why. Because of his standing at ESPN, Because of the landscape where we are now, now he's already gotten opportunities. And of course ESPN has partnered, you know, it's owned by Disney. It may be spun off. It may not. It's always made a lot of money for Disney. And that's why Disney has never thought about selling it ever once before. Now you get to a tougher transition to being a streaming service and who knows what happens, but because of the ties to Disney and ABC um, and the fact that Disney owns Fox movie studios, right? That there's all kinds of leveraging what he can do on TV with what's possible out there. That said, it seems really unlikely because he lacks the one thing that the best of the best of the best, I believe have, and we'll see who, who gets it of our guys. Um, So here's what I want to do. I want to discuss the best. Let's just do sports. It's a sports show. The best sports talent in TV history or in in your mind. And here's the thing that's important for you to recognize. Sports on TV now, I believe, is covered in many ways better than it ever has been previously. But that doesn't mean we should take a shot at old school announcers who weren't especially analysts who weren't as precise with their analysis because, again, it was viewed differently, it was played differently, it was broadcast differently. This, does that make sense, Chase, too? Yes. Right? It's like Bob Costas has kind of disappeared from the national conversation about greatest uh, sports announcers. But we have to understand that when... In many ways, sports was at its peak. And I know that the ratings for the NFL are higher than they've ever been. But NBA ratings were at their peak. um, And maybe it's our peak of our remembrance. When baseball was gigantic, when basketball was gigantic, football was not the king. It was still very big, but he was the king of all sports media. But of course, he did it in a different, this was not during the times of debate. during, During the times when you could freelance, during the times of sports radio even. So there's a lot to it, a lot more to it than just who's good, who's not good. Um, if I asked you, Jason Stewart, who the greatest sports TV talent is, are, I'm not really sure, I think it's is, who would you, who would you list?
4: I, I was going to start with Costas. Did you just preempt me with the, the Costas stuff?
3: I guess. I, I used him as a, it's like, you know, if you go back and you listen to Summerall and Madden like they were an incredible team. Tons of holes in what they were doing. Right? But again, sports was broadcast differently then. We we didn't have one the ability, yes, we had replay, but we didn't have the camera angles, we didn't have high def, and we didn't I don't believe we had as educated a sports fan as we have now, so there wasn't the desire for things to be broken down on a more granular level. But anyway, I was just using I was just using Costas as a jumping off point.
4: But I think that, um, that Bob has worked in his opinions through his platforms over the years. Now, I know yeah. he doesn't do much now, but he, he was able to do all of it. He was able to be great play-by-play, a great host when he would do the Olympics. And then when it came time to give opinions, he was spot on. Um, his interviewing style on, on HBO – um I th- I just think that he he tops my list that that's a bias cuz I I've, I've always been a Costa's guy.
3: Uh okay Ramos you?
1: I think somebody who's kind of kind of gone away a little bit but I grew up with and I thought was very good and I, he was used in a lot of stuff especially boxing that was Jim Lampley. I was always a big fan of Jim Lampley. I thought he was very concise, uh had a lot of opinions about things and was kind of like the face of ABC before ESPN and all that type of stuff kind of got into it. So I would say Jim Lampley was somebody that I I thought was very, very good at his job.
3: These are both really good names. Um, I would say the most talented people that I've worked with, um, Ian Eagle, who's going to be the voice of the final four this upcoming year. Um, He calls NFL games. He calls NBA games, he calls college basketball games. He's worked in local sports radio and he is one of the funniest human beings I've ever met. And he does it with like without cursing. Um, He's just funny and quirky and clever and quick on his feet. Um, And there's nothing that is done on TV. He couldn't do. I think what he does, he does because he likes to do, he likes to do play by play. And that's what he does, which I actually, I kind of envy, right? Because I've kind of just gone with it for years and done what I got paid to do. Whereas he's like, nah, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. Iron Eagle's amazing, uh, in a similar vein, but he has hosted a national radio show, but the versatility and brilliance of Mike and preparation of Mike Tarico is incredible. If you've ever worked with Tarico, like he's, uh, here's my, my greatest example, right? So, um, I think he was doing Monday Night Football at the time. He was doing Monday Night Football at the time. And in addition to Monday Night Football, he was, uh, they had called him into ESPN, brought him up to Bristol, he lives in Michigan, to do like NFL draft preview shows, you know, where he'd sit down and they'd talk about teams and talk about players and they'd film it and it was cut up and it would lead you up to the NFL draft. And he did that for, meanwhile, I, I think he like basically called one of the Boston's like, hey, I would love, I'm there, like, I'll do studio for the Big East Tournament. Now, keep in mind, he hadn't done college basketball by his own account in like a decade. He sits down, and college basketball is really, really hard to get up to speed, because, maybe more so now, but because of the number of transfers, because of how things change, because of the the vast number of teams. Like, a college football game is harder to call than an NFL game, because college football, you have 85 scholarships, you have double numbers, and... You know, you don't have guys that have been with the same program for seven, you know, for six, seven, eight years. And a lot of unknowns and a lot of things changes. So if you're not around college football for even a year, you lose track of it. It's hard to play catch up. College basketball is much the same. When I tell you that he was more prepared and had a quicker knowledge of individual games throughout the season of every team. I mean, it. Than me and I study that shit and I have a great memory like he's freaky, freaky smart. And really, really good to work with. Um, I'll give you somebody who's... Uh, I, I, she's actually back doing things. She has an online show and she does the Spurs. I would say the most talented woman I've ever worked with is Michelle Beadle. And uh, Beadle is freaking hilarious. But the the thing I learned from Michelle was there was a time I did a show. It was like uh, Colin had Sports Nation... And they did a spinoff of it for ABC on the weekends. And I think it was called like America's pick. I can't remember what the hell it was called. And it was supposed to be her and Marcellus Wiley. Well, Marcellus tore his Achilles tendon. I don't know what he's doing, playing tennis or effing around or whatever. But he tore his Achilles tendon. So he lived in LA and he was like, man, I can't make it. So I end up doing the show. It was like eight weeks of the show. I think he did week one, then tore his Achilles tendon. I did the set the next seven weeks. And for, for beads, she was Monday through Friday sports nation. And I think they just threw her some more money and she didn't really want to do it. But like, look, it's a Saturday. It's super easy. Um, You come in, we'll tape it. It'll be great. And, and uh, she would, she would not want to do it. Come in and she had clearly been out the night before. And come into a meeting and she wasn't grumpy but she was just quiet but the red light would go on and she was fucking incredible like incredible um, we'll do some more of this I'll get to some more names of some people but obviously Costas is incredible I think Dan Patrick is remarkable let's not undersell Dan Patrick in how good he was on Center and how good he's been as a sports radio TV host Um, I haven't seen the play-by-play versatility, but it's a a different role. It's a different role. And he's, by my estimation, I think he's the best live sports interviewer. Uh, He and Costas are the two best. And Dan became better because he was daily and more relevant and everybody knew him from Keith and Dan days. So when you're on with him, it was like you had a relationship with him. I think Dan's in that conversation. I'm sure there's people we're missing. There are other really, really talented people. Um, and Stephen A. has his kind of oration and his style, which is sort of preacher-like, uh, has kind of created a cottage industry of its own. But I, I think the reality is that his... I am, I'm the only guest host in the history of his, uh, his, uh, day, his nightly talk show back when it was, uh, quite frankly... I just the lack of success of that show and the lack of success when he was doing politics um, probably tells you that it's very unlikely he'll ever be viewed as such. But everyone's had all the great actors have had bad movies and we've all had, you know, Beatle had a bad run as host of the inside the NBA. Costas, of course, is falling off here as we've be, as we've gotten into opinion talk and uh, he's made it known he, he doesn't like the NFL um, to Rico's limitations were his, his, his uh, daily show wasn't well regarded, even if his interviews were outstanding. So they all have flaws. I would just say those are some of the people that I would, I would list ahead of him.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 PM Eastern noon Pacific on Fox sports radio and the iHeart radio app.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
3: podcasts. Let's get to what the Fox said. And now. (laughs) What does the Fox say? It is the In the Bonus podcast here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. We bring you something we heard earlier today or saw earlier today on Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports 1. We call it, what does Fox say? Here's Colin Cowherd and Chris Broussard. They had this exchange about uh, their open speculation about LeBron to the Warriors.
0: I didn't know Nick Wright had the same opinion, but my, my opinion on the LeBron to the Warriors was viewed as wacko and crazy. <laughs> and my takeaway is LeBron only wants to play for titles. Uh, the Warriors love high IQ experienced players who have been in crisis games. Um, They've already said youth doesn't matter. Wiseman's gone. Kaminga and Moody barely play. They've told you everything's on Steph's timeline. And LeBron, though he can't dominate, I suggested the Lakers owner and GM would like to get some power back. It's LeBron's franchise. I don't think it's wacko because, first of all, from Golden State's standpoint, yeah, they said they look like they're
5: saying, okay, we tried to build on the let's win now and then let's build for, you know, the future, and we can't do it. We have to go all in on now. Why else would they want to bring back a Draymond Green and a Klay Thompson on contract extensions? So you're going for it. You're going to maximize Steph's prime while he's there, which I think is smart. So, yeah, go out and get a LeBron James.
3: Um. Things that are never going to happen. The Lakers are never going to trade LeBron James to the Warriors. So, there are there are things that make no sense, okay? In terms of how it all works together that won't happen. There are things that may make sense but are never going to happen. Like look, Let's just talk about LeBron. He is not leaving Los Angeles. He has Bryce's in high school. He's a junior. Bronny is a freshman at USC. His daughter is enrolled at the same school. It's called Campbell Hall. It's a K through 12. Um, She's she's going to a new school next year. I think it's her first year in, in school. So he ain't leaving Los Angeles. Now, does he want to win a title? Yeah. But do you think for one second that LeBron is going to chase a ring, chasing the clout of Steph Curry? How'd that work out for Kevin Durant? How do you think that would work out for his legacy? So just from a LeBron perspective, no fucking shot. None. Now, from the Warriors' perspective, yeah, they'd probably do it. Why not? He wants to come play for us? Cool. Fits in fine. He needs somebody to create shots and he could carry you some and, you know, he'd be absolutely, that's about it. That's about the only possible, that's it. Would they do it? Like, yeah, probably. Um, I don't know how they, but the Lakers would never do that. Warriors don't actually have a GM right now, but the Lakers aren't like, do you think they're giving a title or a title shot to the Warriors with their player? It just—it's not. I don't even think it's worth discussing. It's only worth discussing because well, Colin and Nick Wright, and it's just—I—I I love those guys. Okay, I am a close friend of Colin's. He and I texted about this last night, and he's like, "I didn't know that Nick Wright had the same opinion." Like, look, you both read the article in the, uh, in the uh, what's what is that? Uh, what's Bill Simmons' website? Um. What's Simmons' website called? Shit. The Ringer. Yeah. It was from an article in The Ringer. Again, what happens when you say things that everyone in the sport knows? Like, I have a text from three NBA people. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't control content for his show. But then when you have, like, legit good, like, Colin was on to something with Russell Wilson going back years ago about him wanting out of Seattle. Now, he said he was, like, you know, market size, which is bullshit, right? He just—he's just Russell Wilson. He just wanted a new contract and wanted out of Seattle. And they knew he was done, so they they moved him, and it's one of the greatest trades of all time. Anyway, point is, like, it's not possible from two of the three most important parts. Plus, again, if you do that with the Lakers— Okay. let's say you trade LeBron James no matter what you get back in return Anthony Davis is out as well right be, they have the same agent LeBron's whole thing LeBron's whole thing is like I'm gonna bring ad and we're going to be competitive and we're going to compete for the whole thing if LeBron's gone ad's out and what does that leave the Lakers with the same shit they had. For the previous years, post Kobe, or at, even at the end of Kobe, where you got a young team that's not going to win any games, so this is the this this day is the last day we will talk about it because it's not ever 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 going to happen. And the one thing I have always done, and to my own detriment, is I don't I don't play the well because I, I was told one time, hey man, if you really want to make it in TV, you got to go full villain. Like, what's that mean? Well, you just got to take a hard stance. Like, any stance I've taken, I've not only believed in, but I've had somebody in sports who's like, yeah, that makes sense. This one, nobody believes in. Doesn't make sense. Won't talk about it again. This is J.J. Redick talking about the Nuggets with Dan Patrick.
5: They're the better team. They have the best player in the world. They closed out games. Ridiculous shot making down the stretch. Key stops in game four. You got to give them credit. Uh, but the Lakers aren't that far off.
0: Uh, we
2: had uh, Tim Legler on yesterday. He said it doesn't matter who's going to play the Nuggets. The Nuggets are going to win because there is nobody who's come up with a game plan to stop Joker. What do you think of that?
5: I think that's accurate. Um, and it's interesting. The last 17 games of the season, they went 7-10. They sat some guys out. They had a couple multiple, multi-game losing streaks and it didn't feel like they had that momentum so to speak going into the playoffs and then within a couple games in the playoffs you're kind of looking around and you're like wait a minute this team is really good and by the end of the phoenix series it's it's pretty clear that they were playing better than anyone else in the playoffs and it's not just Jokic the game plan i haven't seen i haven't seen a game plan to stop the Jokic Murray two man game whether that's dribble handoffs or whether that's pick and rolls
3: yeah i mean like I don't know if I'd say there's not a game plan. I just, I don't love the matchups moving forward, right? I do think the Celtics, it could be a really good series because you have Tatum and Brown. Al Horford can stretch them out. They can move you around or whatever. But uh, they'll be a prohibitive favorite. It does feel like they're the best team. We've talked about them being the best team, the entire team in the playoffs, and it's played out as such. That's what the Fox says. Ooh, how about we play a little because we can?
0: Why are we doing
5: this? Why do I? Because we can.
3: Take a listen to ESPN SEC Network announcer Tom Hart doing a college baseball game, talking about Vanderbilt and the uh, olden days.
4: You can't turn the black cock black. Uh, we can't turn the clock back. I know it's after midnight. We can't turn the clock back and turn it back into the mid '80s.
3: Oh boy. Oh boy.
4: We can't turn the black cock black uh, We can't turn the Ooh. clock back..
3: Mm. that's worse than the old uh, herniated disc or slipped disc, isn't it?
4: Wow. Wow. I think uh, the, uh, I think the visual too is it's hard to not really just really laugh at this. Well, because, because there
3: was a uh, yeah. the, the batter was was black. Yes right the batter yeah. was and black he's holding his bat, you know yes, yeah. yes.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get
3: your podcasts. Let's find out what's annoying Jason Stewart. And now, it's your
5: annoying.
0: Remember
4: when we had uh, Kwame Brown as a feature on Because We Can last week because he just went off on John Morant? Well, uh, Kwame Brown's back in the news and for the wrong reason here, his comment after game four that, uh, of the Lakers-Nuggets series, Kobe Bryant would have looked at that thing, rose up for a three, and won the game. You can't say that you're great. You got to do great things. That's where greatness lies. Um, Kwame uh, saying Kobe would have won game four. That, that's pretty annoying, right, Doug?
3: Well, his thing was like he didn't even get a shot up. Right. How are you not even going to get a shot up? And there was another play where um, he had Joker on him and they Denver went to a zone. And instead of even looking at a jump shot, he passed the ball to Schroeder, who tried to quick trigger it to Reeves in the corner. And uh, it got deflected. And it's it was more, you know, being passive when you when you need to be aggressive and then being aggressive, but in a not smart way. And, you know, Kwame's thing was, like, I played with Mike. Like, Mike wouldn't, wouldn't have done that. I played with Kobe. And he did get a lot of watching during that time, so maybe he would know. It's a maybe the right message, sort of weird messenger. What about Kyrie Irving is uh, annoying you?
4: Uh, he said this. I think it was on a podcast.
3: Yeah. My last thing that I'm going to say after I say I love y'all.
4: Stop mentioning me on Twitter. All y'all fan bases, stop mentioning me right now, please. It is still the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. Or excuse me, Denver's going to the finals. You know, We're still waiting for Boston and Miami. Can y'all please leave me the f- out of this? Please, can I
2: just be with my family in peace? Y'all got people at my dinner table. To-
4: so uh, Kyrie Irving telling people to stop bothering him about free agency kind of reminds me of those people that go on Twitter and say um, they open up by saying I've gotten a lot of questions about this, so for more information uh, about my charity, you could go to this website, and then you check their at tweets, and they had no they had no tweets about it. They just made it up out of thin air. This is Kyrie Irving seemingly just making up the fact that a ton of people keep bothering him about his free agency choice in uh, in in I guess what mid to late May here.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Colin said, "Don't go on, don't go to a restaurant on Sunset if you don't want paparazzi there." Like, you know, I mean, I, I, Kyrie wants to create some sort of utopia where he sets the rules of engagement at all times, and it it just, it just never works that way. Um, I would say Kyrie is the most. Uh, let me do, here, here's pick of the day, and then you can put it in with the other stuff, right? Three, two, one. Here's my pick of the day. Um, tonight, the Boston Celtics are gigantic, gigantic favorites over the Miami Heat. It's eight right now. Point. It is an eight-point spread. Um, I'm going to take the Heat. That's too many points. I'm going to take the Heat. I think Boston wins, but I think the Heat cover. All right, that's it for the In the Motors podcast. Check out the radio show tomorrow noon Eastern time, noon, noon Pacific time, three o'clock Eastern time on Fox Sports Radio or this iHeartRadio app. At Bed
0: 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.